premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey folks, this is Joe Ruscielo, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We are broadcasting live from the Asylum Studios here in beautiful Eagle Pass, Texas. Thank you for being with us today for our Sermon Sunday broadcast. It is a beautiful, absolutely beautiful, sunny, cloudless, 93 degrees here on this Lord's Day. And I hope that you were able to make it to church today and spent some time alone with the Lord. You know, that's something that he looks forward to. He looks forward to spending time with his children. And if you're saved today, you are his child. If you're saved, you are a child of God. And you know, I hope your preacher was on fire for the Lord today. I hope that when you left church, you left with a renewed passion for your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and for his precious book. Our text today has to do with a last will and testament. A will. And not just any will. Today we're going to examine the last will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. Preacher, what in the world are you talking about? The last will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah, that's right. The last will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus left a will. And if you're someone who's been saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that makes you a child of God and a beneficiary to his last will and testament. I mean, you can't get a better deal than that. Now, before we get into our message for today, I'm going to ask you to do just two things. First, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get over there, head over to our contact section, and why don't you send us off a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, folks, don't forget to send over your prayer request. Those are really important. But if you don't like to use the web form, and that's fine, you could always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Also, while you're on the website... Would you please look for that Support This Podcast button? And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set it up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Now, I know it's hard right now to, to do recurring contributions. And uh, if that's something that you're not able to support, hey, that's fine. I understand that. But maybe you can do a one-time contribution. And if you're able to do that, you can do it by clicking on the Waygiver button or by scanning the, Q- the Cash App QR code, which is also on our website. 
So, folks, why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, or if you'd like to become a part of, an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a long way, and I would be so very thankful for it. Now, first and foremost, as always, I want to stop here and just thank the Lord Jesus Christ, first of all, for saving me, for rescuing me from an eternity in a fiery, burning, eternal place called hell, the worst place imaginable. Folks, I have a very special place in my heart for this type of a ministry because the Lord Jesus Christ used a radio ministry to save me. And he saved me from an eternity in the worst place you can possibly imagine. He saved me, and he pulled me out of that pit of hell, a place that is eternally separate from the love and the light of God, a place where there is burning, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's wailing, eternal torment. But praise the Lord, he saved me. And he saved me from an eternity in that place. I also want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for giving me this opportunity and this amazing ministry to be able to sit down, open up the Word of God every week, and study it with you. What a blessing it is. And again, folks, the reason why I have a place in my heart for this is because I was saved through something like this. Granted, it wasn't a podcast, but it was a live radio show on an AM station in New York City. And uh, ever since then, the Lord has it on my heart for a ministry such as this. And I am so very, very thankful for it. I also want to say thank you to all of you who are currently praying for us. Thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you for supporting us with your prayers. And I would ask you to please continue to pray for my family. Please continue to pray for this ministry. Please also continue to pray for me, and uh, I would be so very thankful for that. I also want to say thankful, thank you to all of you who support us financially. Thank you so much. God bless you for your support. Uh, because of your support, we're able to pay for all the things that we have to pay for, for the, for the platforms that we're on, for the materials that we send out, that folks request from us. It's a real blessing, and thank you so very much for it. I know that you will be rewarded in eternity for your efforts. I also want to say thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for downloading and playing the shows. Uh, because of you and because of the number of plays and downloads we have, we are still currently holding five number one spots on the Good Pods platform, my favorite platform by far. And, uh, you know, you also keep us up there in those search algorithms it's a real blessing for me. Thank you so very much, and please keep it up. Please continue to do so. Uh, I would encourage you to continue to using that uh, to continue using the Good Pods platform. But you know, you can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, about twenty other platforms. So wherever it is that you're listening, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. How about some announcements?
All right, folks, just want to remind you of our Thursday night Bible study. Every Thursday night, live at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We are currently going through the book of Revelation. And we started last Thursday, we started Revelation chapter 10. And uh, believe it or not, we only got through the first three verses. It's a lot of information in there, and it was a blessing to get through that. And uh, so this coming Thursday, Lord willing, we'll be uh, picking it up in Revelation chapter 10 with verse number four. So if you want to hear it live, you could always go to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. We have a player on our homepage, or you can go to Spreaker, and you could uh, find our show there, and you can listen in live there as well. Either way, it's Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Also want to remind you of our Sermon Sunday broadcast. Uh, We'll be meeting together, of course, today. And we will also be meeting again, Lord willing, next Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. For more information, you can always visit the church's Facebook page. All you need to do is log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and once you get there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information and also episodes of this podcast. And as always, we want to say thank you to the folks at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass and also to Pastor John Monk, my pastor and my friend, for all of his support and for allowing us to post the show on the church's Facebook page. Because as you guys know, I don't have a Facebook page, I don't need a Facebook page, and more importantly, I don't want a Facebook page. So um, again, thank you to uh, the church for allowing us to post the show there. Now, folks, if you are planning on going through the tribulation, if you're planning on not getting saved and you think that you'll be able to uh, work your way through the tribulation and endure to the end, uh, you might be interested in checking out the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast that houses nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country who release content daily. The CRN podcast releases 15 to 20 shows a week, depending on current events, and there are no issues that are off limits. You want to break down a current events? We got it. You want to know, know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency? And if you're planning on going through the, through the tribulation, I would suggest you check that out. Well, we got that too. You want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Well, strangely enough, it's there too. You want to hear about uh, politics, Bible studies, sports, camping, firearms, and more? The Contra Radio Network has it all, and it has it all covered in spades. You can find the Contra Radio Network on all of your major podcasting platforms, and you could also find them at www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. Folks, I'd also like to highly recommend and introduce you to my my good friend Chase Tobin's Three Pillars podcast. The Three Pillars podcast focuses on personal growth, utilizing the three pillars of fitness, spiritual, mental, and physical. Brother Chase drops a new episode uh, once a week, usually every Friday morning. 
And I'm going to tell you, folks, they're a real blessing. You really do need to check them out if you haven't already. Uh, you can find him on Good Pods. You can find him on all of your major podcasting platforms. He's also on YouTube and Rumble. So check him out, Three Pillars Podcast, Physical, Mental, and Spiritual Fitness. Folks, don't forget to sign up on our website for the Programming Announcements subscription. All that is is an email list that we have been putting together so that we can notify you of any changes to our programming schedule. If for any reason there's a cancellation or a delayed start or if we're having a guest or any number of different uh, things going on, uh, the best thing for us to do is to reach you by this email list. So get yourself on the list. It doesn't cost you anything. And... um, We're not going to sell your information to anybody. We're not going to spam you. We're only going to send you information related to programming changes. So head over to our website, sortofthespiritpodcast.com, fill out the programming announcements subscription, and get on the list. Also, while you're on the website, don't forget to hit the Sword Swag section. If you want one of these really nice Sword of the Spirit Podcast coffee mugs that I am holding here in my hand, and I will take a sip of for you. Mm Mm-hmm. You can get this for a $25 contribution. Today's beverage of choice, by the way, is very simply water. Sorry, didn't mean to let you down today. Now, if you also want one of these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast t-shirts, you can get one of these for a $35 contribution. Well, how do you do that? Well, you just hit the info button right there on the page. Send us what you're looking to purchase and uh, what sizes. Very important. Include your size if you're buying a shirt. And uh, once you send that over to us, we'll send you the link where you can make your contribution. All right. And uh, last announcement, uh, we are now uploading our shows to Rumble. So you can check us out on the Rumble platform. Let's go to rumble.com and search for the SOTS podcast. And uh, that's where we'll be. We only have a couple of shows up there right now. Uh, so hopefully we'll be getting more up soon and, uh, we are also exploring the possibility of doing a vidcast as well. All right. Uh, so we're going to take our first break here. And, uh, when we get back from that break, we'll get into our prayer requests. Don't forget to like subscribe and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are active on Spreaker, You can log into your Spreaker account, and you can jump on into our chat room. We would love to see you there. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We'll be back right after this. Don't you go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening! Hello and welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast. My name is Chase Tobin, a.k.a. Tobinator the Motivator, and I'm happy to have you here with me. This podcast is focused on a holistic approach to growth using the three pillars of fitness. Those are spiritual, 
mental and physical fitness. Using these three pillars, we will build a foundation which we can all grow to be better uh, human beings on our walk with each other and our walk with the Lord. So without further ado, welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast. They say times are changing, so we should change too. Trade our old time religion for something new. Our faith is outdated. Why live in the past? Well, my answer is simple. So if you ask, I still love to hear how God's love paid the cost. His passion was fastened by nails to a cross. I still love the sound as the saints start to sing. Songs of the blood Jesus shed just for me. I still love an altar where broken ones pray. And find what is found in no other way. It may be old-fashioned, but it's real still. I'll stay on the old path that brought us this far That saved countless millions and reached hardened hearts Although times are changing and forever will There'll still be one Savior, one Calvary's hill I still love to hear how God's love paid the cost as passion was fastened by nails to a cross I still love the sound as the saints start to sing Songs of the blood Jesus shed just for me I still love an altar where broken ones pray And find what is found in no other way It may be old-fashioned but it's real still I still love to hear how God's love paid the cost. His passion was fastened by nails to a cross. I still love the sound as the saints start to sing. Songs of the blood Jesus shed just for me. I still love an altar where broken ones pray. And find what is found in no other way. It may be old-fashioned, but it's real still. It may be old-fashioned, but it's real still. Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And uh, we are going to be getting into our prayer request here in just a quick moment. Let's see. Now, all right. Now, every time we go through our prayer list here, we always start off with the folks that are in need of salvation. And uh, we do that because that's, again, and I've, I've mentioned this every, every time we go through the salvation list, that 
salvation is the single most important decision you will ever make in your life. The absolute single most important decision because it has eternal consequences. Because when you get saved, you find yourself in the presence and in the, of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you get saved, you have the assurance that when you die, should the Lord tarry, you'll be in heaven. You'll close your eyes here on this earth and you'll open your eyes in glory. But if you don't get saved, if you don't get saved, when you die, should the Lord tarry, you're going to close your eyes here and open your eyes in the worst place imaginable, a place called hell, where there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, a place of eternal torment, eternal judgment. Don't go to hell. Don't go to hell. There's a lot of misconception out there about what hell is. There are some groups out there that say hell is just the grave. Well, I'm sorry, I don't find that anywhere in Scripture. There are folks out there that make a joke out of it, that they're going to be hanging out with their buddies, playing cards, drinking, and whatever else you know, is going to be going on. Parties, round the clock. No, that's not what hell is. Hell is a place of fire and torment, weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. It is a place that is eternally separated from the love and light of God. Don't go to hell. Right now is the, is the easiest time in history to get saved. Why? Because it's a free gift given to you by God through his precious son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And all you need to do is put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that his blood was the all-sufficient sacrifice to pay for your sin debt. That's all it takes. It's just to believe. Now, when this age closes with the rapture of the church, and if you've been listening to our uh, Bible study on Revelation, in Revelation chapter 4, the church is raptured out, and then from chapter 4, verse 2 on, it's all tribulation. It's all tribulation. There is not the mention of the love of God once. It's not even implied. It is just judgment, judgment, judgment. And if you aren't raptured out, if you're not saved and you're not raptured out, and you have to go through the tribulation, well, your salvation is going to be harder because your salvation is going to be based on your faith plus works. And you'll be able to lose your salvation during the tribulation. And the only way to, to, uh, to, to, to demonstrate your good works is to be martyred, lose your head, or endure to the end. So folks, now is the time to get saved. 
God is reaching out to you now. Perhaps he's pulling on your heartstrings right now as we're speaking. I pray that he is. I pray that he is. And all you need to do is, again, put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just acknowledge it. Just just say in your heart, Lord, dear God, I am a sinner. I am on my way to hell. Please wash me clean with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and save me. Forgive me of my sin and save me. And if you mean that from your heart, if you're truly sincere from your heart, God will save you. And you will never have to worry about that horrible place called hell. You won't ever have to worry about going through the tribulation period. Now, you will have tribulation in your life. You will still have problems and troubles, yeah, but you're eternally secure in Jesus Christ. There's no better deal than that. And as you'll see when we go into our our message for today, you become a child of God once you're saved, once you're born again. And as a child of God, you are an heir. You're a beneficiary to the Lord's last will and testament. So folks, now is the time to get saved. Would you please get saved today? Don't go to hell. There is no reason for you to go to hell. So on our prayer list today, we're praying for my mom, Diane. We're praying for David in New York. We're praying for the Baldino family, all the unsaved members. We're lifting up Jasmine Martinez for salvation. Uh, Manuel's mother needs to get saved. Sharon needs to get saved. Adam's dad needs to get saved. And we're going to pray for them. And if any of you were listening that I just mentioned... Please, don't go to hell. Heavenly Father, we want to lift up those on our salvation prayer list to you today, Lord. We want to ask you to please save my mom, Diane. We ask you to please, Lord, work in David. Draw him to yourself. Lord, I pray for the Baldino family. I know you know them. I know know that you know exactly who they are. And I know that they've been witnessed to with a strong gospel witness I know their family. So, Lord, please, work in them, save them. Lord, we lift up Jasmine to you. Lord, we pray for her. Father, please, save her. She's on our sick list, Lord. She's in critical condition. So, Lord, please, save her. Lord, we pray for Manuel's mother. We pray for Sharon. We pray for Adam's dad. Lord, we lift them up to you. We ask you, Father God, to please work in them, draw them to yourself, save them. Let today be the day that they get saved. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, moving down our list, we're going to be praying for, uh, on our sick list, we're uh, continuing to pray for Pastor Martin. Pastor Martin uh, has uh, eczema. He has a, a heart condition. He has terribly poor vision. So we want to pray for him. We're praying also for Hezekiah for uh, recovery from the surgery that he went through last week. We're also praying for Jasmine Martinez in critical care with lupus. Father, we lift her up to you. Mary Perez with cancer. Mom, my mom, Diane with uh 
uh, in rehab right now with COPD and working towards uh, being able to go home. My sister, Laura, with a slipped disc in her back, praying for Bernice also with cancer. And we're praying that the Lord will increase her appetite. We're praying for Bernice's mom, Laura, also with cancer. Janae with a heart condition. Sharon Baldino with cancer. Martin Mata with lymphoma. Daniel Villarreal with leukemia. Uh, And uh, he's going to be heading back into the hospital to continue his treatment. So we want to pray for him. We're also praying for Aldo, Brother Aldo, who's uh, recovering from a, a really bad infection. And uh, we're thankful that he's getting back to work. And uh, uh, Lord, we just lift him up to you. Alex Ortiz, we're praying for him for problems with his breathing and some issues with his brain. Uh, we're also praying for his son, Diego Ortiz, who had to go for surgery to remove part of his intestines. And we're also lifting up Ronnie for uh, prayer today, who is dealing with a tremendous amount of stress that's wearing on her physically. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the God of answered prayer. We thank you, Lord, that you are also the great physician. We thank you that we could approach the throne of grace and we can lay these petitions before you, Lord. And we're thankful that, uh, that you hear our prayers. Lord, we lift up all of those on our sick list to you today. Lord, we named each one of them already. Father God, we just continue to pray for them. We ask you, Father, please touch each one. Bring grace. Lord, bring healing where it's needed. Lord, bring, bring mercy where it's needed. Father, we just pray that, um, that each one would receive that special gift from you today. And we'll bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Moving on down our prayer list, we're praying for Jude, uh, my brother-in-law, and for his business up in New York as a contractor. We're praying for Brother Federico Salinas. Uh, We're praying, Lord, that you would continue to bless him as you have. Lord, we're also praying for Angel for her pregnancy, Alex, her husband, for for his work, Isabella uh, for her walk with the Lord, Jessica for her walk with the Lord. And Father, we just commit all of these to you, Lord. We ask you to bless them. We ask you, Father God, just to uh, touch each one's life. Continue to bless Brother, Brother Salinas as you have. Lord, we thank you. we're thankful for him, for his friendship, for his fellowship, for his testimony. Lord, we're thankful for uh, my brother-in-law Jude and how he cares for my sister. Lord, I'm thankful for that. And we just pray that you would just bless his business. Lord Angel, as she's uh, going through her pregnancy, we lift her up to you. Her husband, Alex, for his work. Lord, we ask you just to open up an opportunity there for him. And, of course, Lord, for Isabella, Jessica, uh, as uh, they're drawing closer to you in their walks. Father, we thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, moving on down our list to uh, the unspoken prayers of our hearts. We're going to lift up uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, We're going to lift up Larissa, Hector, Manuel, Angela. Uh, We're also praying for Ed Rodriguez and also uh, for myself. Uh, The unspoken prayer requests are just very simply requests that we put up that, you know, maybe we don't have the right words to speak to describe the need, or maybe that's something really personal that not everyone needs to know the details, but of course we know that the Lord knows exactly what the need is, and we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would answer those prayers according to your perfect will for us and for our lives, and Lord, that through it all, you would receive all the honor and the glory that is due you, and we will thank you for it. And Father, we ask you to bless the remainder of this uh, of this, of this uh, podcast today. We ask you, Lord, that you would just bless the preaching and teaching of your word, and we will thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right. We're going to take our second break of the, uh, of the afternoon here, and that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, maybe grab a cup of coffee or a refill, maybe a bottle of water. And when we come back, we'll be getting into today's message, God's Last Will and Testament. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers, helping us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be right back after this. Stay with us. There is a river of gladness that pours from Emmanuel's veins. The sinner was plunged beneath the flood, and God said, Since then I walk in forgiveness, and all of my guilt was erased. The chains of the past are broken at last, I got saved. Oh, I got saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I got Jesus. How could I want more? I received nothing but goodness. I've tested and tasted your grace. I was so lost till I fell at the cross and got saved. Oh, I got saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? The love of God gave me his pardon. The love of God won't let me stay the same. The love of God pulls me up higher. His will is stronger. That's why I got saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus, I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I got Jesus. How could I want more? I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I got Jesus. How could I want more? I got Jesus. How could I want more? This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding. Its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map 
the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen. Amen and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and we are going to be getting into our message for today in just a second here. It's, uh, I don't know if you can't believe it, it's actually episode 90, which just blows me away. It really does blow me away because, uh, and like I've mentioned previously, I never thought in a million years that we would get to episode 90. I honestly thought that we would, you know, maybe 10 or so episodes and that would be it because that's, you know, in the past we've tried to do this podcast uh, under under different names uh, at times, but same concept, same layout and um, never really got it anywhere with it. And uh, here we are doing episode 90 and uh, it's a real blessing. It's a real, real blessing uh, to be able to do this. But uh, I digress. So uh, what we're going to talk about today and the text that we're about to read is full of uh, legal language. And uh, we're going to talk about some, some legal things here you know, that God's gotten in the book. And, uh, and those things are uh, things that I think that you're going to find pretty interesting as we get into it. So would you take your Bibles and turn with me over to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, and we'll get episode number 90 underway. Hebrews chapter 9, and when you get there, let's uh, head over to verse number 14, and we'll begin there. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who, through the eternal Spirit, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood, For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and of scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood, 
is no remission. Father, would you now add your blessings to the reading and examination of your holy word. May we learn and grow thereby, I do pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, the text that we just read has to do with a last will and testament, a will. Now, I suppose all of us at one time, you know, wonder if there's a a lost rich uncle out there somewhere. And then, you know, upon his demise, we're notified by his attorney that we've been included in the will. Well, you know something? I've got news for you. I'm in one that's far better than that. I got one that far exceeds what Warren Buffett or Elon Musk or anyone else could possibly leave me. Now, a testator, like we just read about in our text, is one who makes a will or a testament to bestow goods on relatives or friends or whoever they choose. Jesus Christ could not be a testator, as it's claimed in our text, unless he has something to give you. And he's described as a testator. Now, there's some wills you might not want to be a part of. Amen? Scott Fitzgerald, the famous novelist of yesteryear, had, had just died. And on his desk was found the plot for a new novel. You know, he was thinking it through. Uh, he was thinking of writing a book in which a wealthy man died and left a very strange will. The will bequeathed all of his millions to be divided equally to all of his relatives. There was just one condition. They were all to come and live together in his spacious mansion. And uh, below the outline plot was a note that said, this could be a little spot of hell. Now, that would make an interesting novel, wouldn't it? I'm sure that none of us would want to be a part of a will like that. A uh, a Philadelphia woman in her will instructed her executor to take $1 from her estate and invest it and pay the interest on this investment to her husband. And she said, as, quote, as evidence of my estimate of his worth. Another woman, also from Philadelphia, bequeathed her divorced husband $1 to buy a rope to hang himself. There are some wills that you might not want to be a part of. Amen? But I think the most fascinating one that I found when I was studying this by illustration is, uh, is a man by the name of Donahue made the following will on July 1st, 1935. He said, Unto my two daughters, Frances Marie and Denise Victoria, by reason of their unfilial attitude toward a doting father, I leave the sum of one dollar to each and a father's curse. May their respective lives be fraught with misery, unhappiness, and poignant sorrow. May their deaths be soon and of a malignant, lingering, and torturous nature. May their souls rest in hell and suffer the torments of the damned for eternity. Well, I, I think it would be fair enough to say that this guy had an axe to grind, didn't he? That was the will that he left his two daughters. Now, you wouldn't want to be a part of that, would you? You wouldn't want to be the recipient of any one of those wills, I'm sure, nor nor would I. Now, when the Lord Jesus Christ is declared declared to be a testator, interestingly, at his death, he had something to give us. And his last will and testament is actually recorded in your Bible. Did you know that? It's in John chapter 17. It's in John chapter 17. Let's look over there. John chapter 17. This is the real Lord's Prayer, right here. This is the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
And what he's doing is actually uttering his last will and testament to leave behind to those who are declared to be his sons and daughters or relatives. And so let's see some of the things he, he said that he's going to be leaving to us in his high priestly prayer. John chapter 17 and verse 1, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Well, the first thing that the Lord Jesus Christ has declared is that he's going to give to those of his family eternal life. Eternal life. Now, you know, there are a lot of people out there that have sought ways to figure out how to gain that outside of the prism of what Jesus Christ has to offer. You know, the funny thing is there are some folks that are having their bodies frozen and stored in hope that someday science will have figured out a way to resuscitate and to resurrect them and give them eternal life. Well, you know what? Good luck with that. Good luck. So he said, the first thing I want to give you is eternal life. Now, folks, that's better than, what Bar- than Warren Buffett's fortune. That's better than any fortune the world has to offer. But that's not all. Verse 8. Verse 8. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. Verse 14. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Well, the next thing that Jesus said he wanted to give to every recipient of of his will is not only eternal life, but my words. My words. Now, folks, I don't know of a generation that ever lived behind us that would appreciate more, or I should say, or you know, should appreciate more, the words that the Lord Jesus left us. Because so many of those words include prophetic events that were declared that we have lived to see fulfilled. Just think about that. He left us his words. And those words provide comfort, peace of heart and mind that nothing else can provide. The words. The word declared that one day Israel would once again become a nation. The world said it would never happen, though. The sociologist said that you were crazy if you thought that. Yet in spite of all of that, God said it would happen. And in 1948, what the world said would never happen took place. And from that day to this, we've seen a cascading sense of evidence of the validity and veracity of God's words. I am so glad that I have them. Aren't you glad you have them? That's a wonderful gift. That's a gift that's an eternal gift. All right, but that's not all. Verse 9, here's something else the Lord said, I give you in my will. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And so what the Lord is telling me is further verified in Paul's epistle. Over in Romans chapter 8, for example, among many other passages, uh, but what he's declaring to me is that my Savior, Jesus Christ, is actually literally praying for me. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Well, if that's the case, not only does he pray for me, but every prayer that's ever uttered on my behalf is filtered through him because he is the sole mediator. Wow. Can you imagine that? 
I appreciate it anytime anyone says, I pray for you. Don't you? That's something to hold as intrinsically valuable. But when you understand how that prayer is ultimately and where it's deposited, you know what? That's not a bad gift. That's not a bad gift at all. Because Jesus illustrated in his life on this earth that his prayers can change anything. He prays for us. I like being in his will. I like it. It's a good place to be. But that's not all. Not only does he say, I'll give you eternal life, I give you my words, I give you my prayers. But in chapter 17 and verse 24, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So here, Jesus promised his presence. He promised his presence. Now that presence, sometimes, because it's our problem, not his, is somewhat undetectable. But he said, I give you my presence. And that presence is allocated in the person of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. But there's another portion of that that's really hard to to wrap your brain around. But it, it doesn't change the truth of it one iota. And that is that the Bible teaches that we are, present tense, seated together with him in heavenly places. So there's a portion of me, my spirit. All right, you see, you're a trichotomy. You're a trichotomy. That means that you're a body and a soul and a spirit. And the day that you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and you were born again, your spirit became linked with his in such a way that when Jesus went to heaven, you're there with him. There's a part of you that's already there, folks. You say, explain it. I can't. I can't, folks. I can just tell you that it's true. And I can tell you it's true because God said it. And so there's a part of me that's already there. I'm already enjoying the blessedness of glory because I'm seated together with him in heavenly places. I'm enjoying his presence. Now there's something else here. Let's take a look at it. Verse 22. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. So, so Jesus said, I'm going to give you my glory. Now, how do you explain that? Man, I struggled with that. I, I don't even know how to explain the glory of God. But look over with me in 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Now, in 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter's trying to explain it. And the basis of his explanation is upon his the personal experience of the transfiguration. Do you remember that? Now, in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 17, for he received from God the Father. Um, you know what? Actually, let's back up a verse. Let's back up a verse. Let's go to verse 16. Verse 16. For we have not followed cunningly, cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, notice Peter said we. Well, who's the we? There's Peter, James, and John. Remember, those three disciples went with the Lord Jesus up on the mount, and all of a sudden, Jesus was transformed into a glorious kind of body and presence. 
And he was accompanied by who? By Moses and Elijah. And they saw that thing. They were eyewitnesses of his majesty, he says. So Peter is speaking from the viewpoint of personal experience. And then he says in verse 17, For he received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Peter said, I actually got to see the glory of God manifest in the person of Jesus Christ. Well, how do you explain that, Peter? And you can tell Peter's kind of handicapped by the complete understanding of what he saw as well, you know, as you read the text. Well, that's not all. That's not all. The testator's last will and testament, interestingly, doesn't become binding until the death of the testator. Look at me back in Hebrews, in Hebrews, and back in our text in chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 16. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 16. Now, this is legal language, folks. It was legal in the days of the Bible, and it's legal to this very day. Isn't that right? To this day. Now, look at the verse, verse 16. For where a testament is, that's a last will and testament, folks. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. So the idea of the thing is simply this. It's common for an individual to have testaments written prior to the final one. So in other words, you can change your will as many times as you want. And I know that's for a fact because uh, when my grandmother was alive, uh, she would change her will every other week. This week I'm in it. The next week I'm not. Then I'm back in again. Then I'm out again. You know, but the only one that's in good standing is the last one. It's the death of the testator that invokes that and submits it. You know, that's why your Bible has an Old Testament and a New Testament. The old is not the will and testament for you. God wrote a new one, and he said, here, it's for you. Now, there would be no need of writing the new if it were the same as the old. The new disannuls the old. Now, for sure, we learn things from the old, and there are many things in the old that point to things in the new. But the last will and testament of Jesus Christ is just this, the New Testament. Now, the testator, to make his last will and testament firm, calls on witnesses to authenticate it. A last will and testament has to have witnesses. When I drew up my last will and testament, I went to the attorney's office, and they had people come in that worked in the office to witness the thing. And they put their signatures on it as an authentic witness. You know, uh, we witnessed this. This is true. This is what he wants. This is what he decided. Now, the question is, the question is, does the last will and testament of Jesus Christ have any witnesses? Well, let's consider. Look with me in John chapter 5. John chapter 5. You can't believe how much of our legal system, the good parts of it, is built upon this Bible. 
<clears throat> now, John chapter 5 and verse 30. John chapter 5, verse 30. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that beareth witness of me, and I I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. Ye sent unto John, and he bare witness unto the truth. So you see right there, what God is prescribing is, for a thing to be validated, it's necessary to have witnesses to say, yep, that's it. I saw it. It's true. Now, the first witness of the credibility of Jesus Christ is God the Father. Now, you remember back over in Matthew chapter 3 when Jesus was being baptized by John the Baptist, and then there was a voice that came down from the heavens, and it said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. All right, so that's witness number one. But that's not all. John the Baptist himself, when he saw Jesus approaching the Jordan, what did he say? He said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God. Well, that's witness number two. Well, here's another witness. You're in John chapter 5. Look at verse 36. Verse 36. But I have a greater witness than that of John. Now, John's a pretty good witness. Jesus said of John, you know, never was a man born of a woman greater than John the Baptist. That's a pretty good witness. But he said, I have a better one than that. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. The miracles and the works of Jesus Christ bear witness to him and his credibility. He said, it's the works. It's the works. All right, but that's not all. John chapter 5. John chapter 5 and verse 39. John chapter 5, verse 39, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So you've got 39 books in the Old Testament that all point to one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the scriptures themselves bear witness of him. And then finally, his apostles. Look with me in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. You know, folks, what you have in front of you is a legal document. And that legal document is declaring you as a child of God to be included in his last will and testament. Do you realize how valuable that is? Now in Acts chapter 10, in verse 39, and we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem whom they slew and hanged on a tree. The apostles themselves bear witness. Now, we can find many other witnesses in the Bible, but you know what? That's five of them right there. And do you know what the Old Testament says? The Old Testament says, let everything be established in the mouths of two or three witnesses. So just to make sure all bases are covered, God says, I'll give you five in one chapter alone. So a last will and testament is to be determined the last will and testament is to be determined legal has to be witnessed. Has to be witnessed. All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We're going to take our last break of the evening here. 
Uh, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers, helping us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We'll be right back. Don't go away. I could tell of the story where thousands were fed when he lifted the sick when he raised up the dead i could sing of the others like the blind made to see oh but i'd rather tell you what's happened to me i'm saved to the uttermost i know blood of the precious lamb through the father through the son through the holy ghost i'm saved to the uttermost you must be forgiven to make heaven your home the good life you're living won't do So trust in the Savior, He'll save you today, and with blessed assurance, you too can say, I'm saved to the uttermost, I know that I am, washed in the blood of the precious Lamb, through the Father. Son, through the Holy Ghost, I'm saved to the uttermost. Life now is sweet and my joy is complete, for I'm saved. I'm saved to the uttermost, I know that I am in the blood of the precious Lamb, through the Father, through the Son, through the Holy Ghost, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved to the
Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and we're talking about God's last will and testament. God's last will and testament. And, uh, you know, we said before we went to the break that uh, a last will and testament to be determined legal has to be witnessed. Now, a testator in most ancient Eastern countries, and I think personally, I think this is fascinating. Uh, the one who was writing his last will and testament, the testator, signed his last will and testament with his own blood. Just to, you know, cut a little bit of the finger and he signed it with his own blood. And that, when, I read, when I studied that and I learned that and I read that, I, I remembered back. Do you remember what the Lord said at the Last Supper? He said, this is my blood of the New Testament shed for many you know the lord never misses a beat never misses a beat he gets all the right words exactly where it's supposed to be this is the blood of my new testament every will every will has to have an executor or one who stays behind to make certain that the will is invoked that's the job of the executor of the will. So the testator designates a particular person and says, you know, this is going to be the executor of my will. Now, did the Lord leave an executor behind to make sure his will was invoked? Well, look with me back in John chapter 15. John chapter 15. In John chapter 15 and verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father... Even the spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. 
and ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. So the Holy Spirit is the executor of the will of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's the one that comes and provides all that God declared was ours. Didn't Peter tell us it was the movement of the Holy Ghost and his wishes and desire and design and strategies that gave us that book? Not only was it inspired, but it was preserved by God's Holy Spirit, so we have those words. He continually provides us the guarantee of eternal life. He's the earnest money in Ephesians chapter 1 that abides in our hearts for that eternal promise. And on and on it goes. So the Lord left an executor behind in the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's one last thing I need to tell you, and that is uh, that a testator makes provisions to have his will published after his death. I mean, you couldn't know what the will was if it wasn't published. Now, it may only be published to a few. You know, it may only be given to family members or whoever's involved in the will. But be that as it may, it has to be published. Now, didn't the Lord publish his will far and wide? That book is his published will. Now, as much as it's assaulted, as much as it's criticized, as much as it's lampooned, the will stands. Did you ever stop to think about it in these terms? And this is just a sidebar. This is just something to chew on. Now, you take any other document in the world, anyone, just pick one. Take all the documents that evolutionists have put together, or take all the Freudian psychology that's been assembled, and line it up, and allow it to be the target of the intellectual artillery and criticism that's been leveled at the Bible, and see how long any of them would last. They'd be blown to pieces in no time at all. But in spite of all of those arguments, and all that criticism, that book stands. That thing has been published far and wide, and despite all of the criticism that's been leveled at it, it stands strong today with people still having a hunger and a thirst to get it. Back in the 1930s, there was a, there was a guy who, who was a seller of Bibles and religious literature, and he was operating in eastern Poland. And uh, on his travels, he found this very remote village, and he, he left them with one Bible and some literature. But he couldn't get back there for several years. And in 1939, he was finally able to get back there. And when he got there, the people persuaded him uh, to speak to them, to preach to them. And they assembled the village together to have a church service. And someone said, you know, maybe we should have some people, you know, before you start to preach, quote some scripture. So he said... All right, all right, do you have a favorite verse? For us, you know, that would be our deal. It would be, you know, who's got a verse? And, uh, you know, he said some people have a favorite verse and, and like to stand up and quote it. But they looked at him with astonishment. A verse? We have favorite chapters. We have favorite books. Someone could quote Matthew. Someone could quote Luke. Someone could quote Genesis, quote it from memory. But what happened over those years is they had taken that Bible and passed it around from family to family. And hundreds and hundreds of people received Christ their Savior just by reading that Bible and discussing it and praying about it and talking over it. And one Bible was passed around and around until it was virtually worn out. 
And when they combined all of that memorization that had taken place in the group, they found that they could quote the entire Bible. Quote it. Someone fell in love with the book. Someone fell in love with that which God had published. You can't get rid of it. You cannot get rid of it because it was God's last will and testament. And he's going to make sure it'll remain published. Now the question is this. The question is this. How can you be included in his will? Wouldn't you rather be in God's will than Buffett's or Gates or Musk or any of the rest of them? Now, the story's told, and I've read a variety of versions of it, and even though they differ slightly, the very essence of the story remains the same, of a wealthy man many, many years ago. And over a period of years, he decided that, you know, for whatever reason, to invest virtually all of his wealth in art. And he had some fabulous pieces of art. He had Monet's, he had Rembrandt's, he had a fabulous collection, almost beyond value. That's where his wealth was. Well, he had an adolescent son who died. The man had been widowed previous to that, and when his son passed away, he broke his heart, and within a few weeks, he himself passed away. Well, it was determined, according to his will, that all of his art would be auctioned off. And so people came when the auction was published from far and wide. You know, people love auctions. One of the problems, though, with auctions is you usually pay more than it's worth. But nonetheless, you know, people love auctions, and particularly because this was art of unique quality and caliber. People came from literally all over the world. They came from Europe, all across America, from Asia and South America. They came and they came and they came. And there was great anticipation and a a hush went over the crowd as the auction began. And the auctioneer slammed his gavel down and said the auction would begin. And according to the dictates of his will, the first piece of art to be auctioned off was a portrait this man had commissioned of his adolescent son. Now, he wasn't a particularly handsome boy, just ordinary-looking kid. Well, when the auctioneer held up this portrait and said, what do you give for this? Nobody was interested. Nobody responded. They didn't want a portrait of that kid. He's not even a particularly handsome kid. I didn't come here to buy that kind of thing. I came here to buy the valuable stuff. And, you know, over and over and over again, the auctioneer pleaded, Will someone give me $500? No response. Will someone give me $200? No response. Will someone give me $100? Will someone give me $50? And then finally, there was an old lady in the back who had been the the boy's nurse and his nanny in his infancy. She had so little, but she loved that boy. She loved him with all of her heart. And she slipped her hand up and said, Sir... I bid 75 cents. That's all that I have. And the auctioneer slammed that gavel down and he said, Sold! Then he opened the will. And the will said, Whosoever loves this boy enough to buy this picture inherits the entire fortune. Folks, 75 cents of faith will get you into the best will and testament that you could possibly have. 75 cents worth of faith. So you say, how much is that? Not much. Not much at all. 
but it's just enough to say, Lord Jesus, you're my Savior. You died for me. You shed your blood for me. And all I want to do is trust you. And God says, you know something? I'll tell you what. I'm writing your name right now as a beneficiary in my last will and testament. (laughs) Folks, how do you beat that? How do you beat that? I don't think you can. I'm in the family. I'm in the will. I hope you are too. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the preaching and the teaching of your precious word today. Father, we thank you. Thank you that if we're saved, that we're in your last will and testament. We are beneficiaries. We are heirs, joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I just pray that there's any, under the sound of my voice today, that have listened to this message, they have enough faith to say, Lord Jesus, you're my Savior. You died for me. You shed your blood for me, and all I want to do is trust you. And then, God, that you would write their name down on that book of life, that you would write their name down as a beneficiary in your last will and testament, that they would become part of the family, and by extension, part of the will. Father, we thank you so much for all the love, the mercy, the grace that you pour upon us each and every day. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the day you've given us in this message. And we ask you to bless it and all those under the hearing of your precious word. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. All right, folks, that'll just about do it for episode 90 of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And uh, head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get over there, look for that contact section and send us over a message. Also, please look for that support this podcast button. And if you're able to do so with a monthly recurring contribution, we would appreciate that. But if you can't, a one-time would be great, too. So until we meet each other again Thursday night... Win the lost, no matter the cost. God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.